Welcome into an all new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Wyndham Championship. I'm Rick Gaming, that right there, Joe Idonian. Joe, 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 here we go. Last, last full field event for the next couple weeks. Yeah, last regular season event. Uh, always a pleasure to be here with you on Wednesday nights and sort of the final final piece of content for the week for both of us. So happy to break down the Wyndham Championship. I got, you know, I got a special connection to Wyndham. This is where the big draft kicks hit came a few years ago. So right. I have I have a very good vibe circling around this event. And I think that I've got some some good takes on the board this week as well. We were ju- talking before we went hot here that this betting board is so different than what we've seen all year. I've gotten so used to a Rom, a Scheffler, a Rory in single digits, seven to one, eight to one, whatever that ends up looking like. And at last check, there were eight golfers between 18 and 28 to one. No one shorter than that. It's almost as if Vegas has thrown their hands up and said, we don't know, have at it. I like to think that too. And I like to think that like maybe they threw us a bone this week, but I've sort of resigned to the fact that they're a li- usually a little bit smarter than me. So they probably, it's probably an indication of how uh, open they feel like this tournament is and how deep the roster is that could potentially win, where they make Hideki Matsuyama and these guys and Sung JM that would normally probably in a, a field like this at a different course end up being 12 or 14 to one. They've given them a few extra points because they realize that that sort of next bc level tier um has a legitimate shot at this event and we've seen that sort of play out in years past as well those b guys are playing better golf than the a guys are right i mean there's kind of questions even though odds makers have to say all right well you know hideki's got to be one of the favorites and sung jay's got to be one of the favorites you look down the board and you see like okay jt post and denny mccarthy uh cameron davis these guys are arguably playing better golf than the big boys are, and it's created this, the, the pricing is essentially is how we got here. Yeah, absolutely. And the other sort of additional wrinkle in this week, which I'm curious on your take on, um, because it's the last week of the regular season, we have several big names sort of right on that verge of getting into next week. Like, are you someone that factors this in at all guys being on the line or are they just going to like, does it, is it just a talking point narrative that doesn't ultimately matter when it comes to results it is 95 percent a talking point narrative because it is usually framed as so and so player has their back against the wall so now they're better yeah after eight (laughs) months of crappy play they're all of a sudden going to play well because they need it they're gonna try harder right yes and all of a sudden their game is gonna be perfect i find it very difficult to believe that guys can flip a switch like that and that they would not be waiting until the very last minute so no that part out on the only thing that i think is kind of interesting and we i'm sure you and i've talked about this before most situations okay there's a lot of situations in betting where your your desired result does not align with the team or the player's desired result. Okay, a money line wager in the NFL, everything's in line, right? I want the team to win, they want to win. Perfect. You know, the a team to cover seven points, your 
desire does not align with the team's desire. They don't care about covering, right? They're not going to go out there and kick uh, that extra field goal, Joe. They're just going to take a knee and and take their W. I do think it's interesting that this is the one event in which your desires and their desires could closer align. So for example, if you have a golfer who needs a 33rd place finish or better, and you are asking them to do the same, will they, will they try, will they take on risk for the ability to get to 33rd as opposed to being comfortable at a 38th? I I don't think it's a big deal. And there's probably very few situations in which it would present itself. But I, this is the one week in the, in the, in, on the PGA tour where those desires align much more frequently. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a very, very good correlation there between like an NFL point spread and what we see this week. You're right. I think that from a, a holistic standpoint, no. Players are going to play the exact same way that they would play regardless. There's not an additional motivation. They're trying the same every week. But the, the interesting one is like for me, there may be one the entire week where it comes down to a guy. Like I think back to the JT Poston situation at the 3M. If a similar situation were to occur on the 18th hole this week and a guy knows that he needs a top 30 and he's sitting in 22nd place. Yeah, he might lay that up and he might try to just get in for par and just move on to next week because there are significant bonuses in play. There's an opportunity next year if he moves on in another week to be in all the elevated events. There is a lot at stake for these guys, and I really only think that it may come into play in one or two situational things, but certainly an interesting week to sort of monitor, and I'm sure they will have you know the little arrows with the FedEx Cup numbers next to the players as we, sort of, as we sort of watch this thing unfold. So we are playing uh, jock market, which is stock market DFS. So golfers are now shares. And here's an example from last week. Lee Hodges got the full $25 per share payout with his victory. He went for $4.64 per share last Wednesday night. So that's $20 of profit per share. JT Poston, who had the debacle on the 72nd hole, uh, while that cost him a lot of money didn't cost you anything at all because he broke the tie, got the full share of second place money anyway, went from six bucks per share to $20 per share. So you made $14 of profit per share. Kevin Streelman had himself a good week. Martin Laird, one of the big time returners. So th- this is, this is how it works. Joe, we talk about it all the time. It is not, uh, it doesn't matter kind of what that finishing position is, as long as it is better than the expectation that the IPO kind of placed on them. Yep, exactly what you said. The IPO is going to set the standard and the marker for you to complete. Like Tony Finau was a great example last week. Like he made you almost four and a half dollars per share that you have to him. And we know the players in here that you can get essentially almost nearly as many shares as you'd like. Um, He was third in terms of pricing for the entire week. He finished a mediocre like T8 or T9 or whatever it was and was still able to um, almost return you a 50% profit for the week. So there are tons of examples like this. As you mentioned, pay attention when you're bidding on shares that will give you a break-even point, and you're ultimately looking for players during the IPO process that are going to outperform that mark. Right. So that market is open right now. You can get your bids in. I've already got 
Uh, I've got five orders in, and I will tell you, I I'll just tell you right now, someone is out there firing on Jason Duffner. Okay, I I I know. I put in a couple of just like oh dollar fifteen dollar thirty. Let me see where Duff Daddy goes here. Instantaneously outbid each time. Someone has got a a a healthy proxy in on Jason Duffner right now. Interesting. I did yeah. not see that coming, Neither but somebody I. other than you is hot on Duff Daddy. I can't believe it. I will, I'm just like, well, you know, what, what Joe always says, if it's $1.50, I'm only risking 50 cents a share, yeah. right? Like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to get in there and mix it up, and someone is uh, nine steps ahead of me. So this market, it, it is, uh, I mean, you can see it. It's firing off right now. It's rattling. There's a bid from Stonehenge on Eric Cole two seconds ago. Alex Smalley just gets a, a knock from lotto 49 so bids are rolling in we're gonna dive into the live pricing uh as we get closer to 9 p.m eastern time here tonight if you want to get involved there's lots of ways to do it uh promo code is power there's a link in the description that's the best deposit bonus you can get it's 100 bucks you go to jock market's twitter account there is a graphic there with four golfers in it you quote tweet that with with which golfer you think is going to have the best week if you're one of the one of the respondents who are correct, you'll be entered into a draw for 150 bucks. That's a pretty good way to make a little bit of cash. And then, Joe, the prop side of things has been live for golf for the last couple of months, every other sport. And I saw they just added esports. Yeah, I saw that too. Are you into that? Theoretically, yes. In practice, no. I know nothing about esports. I like I like the idea that. We have, there's a, there, like anything that people are interested in with enough popularity and interest can have like a professional league, can be streaming all over the globe. They get like millions of people watching these things. I think it's fascinating. I, the games themselves, I have no idea about, and I, I don't know anything about it, but in theory, I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's it, it, what I think is cool is that somebody, obviously put in a request for jock market let's get esports and they respond to these type of requests and all of a sudden you have it available and we had talked to them for a while about the pick'em thing and it seemed like forever off then all of a sudden at the masters we get it and it's launched and it's going and now we have contests where you can play individually against up to three people they have the giveaways like if you quote tweet that and get the answer correct in terms of one of the four players it's between like you and like four guys for 150 bucks. It's totally free. Please go do that now. If you're new to Jock Market, please use the promo code. There are a ton of giveaways. We're here to help you out along the way. If you send me a DM, I'll be happy to sort of converse back and forth with you. But they just continue to make adaptations and adjustments and continue to improve the product, which I have a lot of respect for. Yeah, I mean, the nerds in the chat, you know, and, and us included, uh, let's break this down. You have like a 25% chance of picking the golfer correct. And then you have like a 25% chance of uh, being selected. So you have like a 6% chance at $150. That quote tweet is worth $9.38. There is no tweet I have ever sent that has been worth $9.38. Yeah, uh, you just instantaneously break down the numbers like that. That's why you're the man. Well, let's look ahead to this week. Wyndham Championship. Sedgefield uh, has hosted this event every year since 2008. So we have a really good set 
of data for the golf course. Uh, it skews certainly shorter on the terms of uh, PGA Tour courses. Also, it is kind of tighter, Joe. So I think there's a little bit of accuracy, not necessarily the only way to get it done. And then um, you're probably going to need to make a bunch of birdies around this place, right? Like, what do you kind of see when you start breaking down the golfers that you think are going to have success around this golf course? Yeah, nothing revelationary here, but you've got to play from the fairway. Um, increased emphasis for me on driving accuracy. Like, distance is always important, but for me, I want guys hitting that 66 to 72% fairway marker because the data has shown that you're, you're, there's a drastic swing and a drop off in greens and regulation percentage, whether you're playing from the fairway or from the rough. So I think that's important, sort of old school green concepts where there's sort of the different tiers, but relatively easy from, from a putting standpoint. You know, we get back on sort of the Midwest bent grass greens that are, are familiar in this sort of region. But yeah, it's playing from the fairway. It's bringing a lot of people into play. It's looking at guys who are hot with their irons, hit a ton of fairways. And I think it's a decent sticky spot in terms of course history where I'm not giving a huge bonus to players but it's definitely worth something if you've had some positive performances here in the past that you can sort of notch in your belt and, and lean on this week all right well let's start naming some names here we're going to play bullish or bearish our opportunity to pick out four golfers individually and decide whether we are with them or against them let's start with the 20th pre-ranked golfer his name is mark hubbard his fair value for tonight is five dollars and 79 cents that would ask hubs to finish 29th or better joe are you bullish or bearish on mark hubbard yeah, I'm actually bullish on Hubbard. So he's been a um, returned you an ROI in seven of his last 12. He's been on a decent little run, and the ROI has been pretty uh, substantive during those sort of runs. He's averaging 40% over 12, obviously 31% there over 10. Over he's 15. had some, it's even longer. Yeah, he's had, oh, that's 15. Okay. So he's had those spike performances that you're looking for. Now, some mixed cuts missed in there, but I think this is a great course setup for him. He's on a great run, sort of, with his irons statistically over his sort of last recent tournaments. I think that he's got enough with the putter to potentially have a good week as he's done here sort of in previous years and iterations of this tournament. Um, I'm overall, I think, bullish on, on homeless hubs this week. What about you? I'm with you. I think uh, the missed cut around TPC Twin Cities doesn't give me much pause. You see the spikes. This is kind of how I want to build portfolios anyway. Dude, just like miss the cut or finish T6. I don't care <laughs> about anything in between. Don't waste my time on the weekend if you're going to finish T42. So I like to build portfolios like this. And you mentioned it. You know, it's it's been a pretty sustained period of, of golf, in which he's been one of the better approach players. He combines it with putting. That is why he has these kind of volatile, high upside spike type weeks. So yeah, I think this is probably one of the better spots. Uh, I mean, it's definitely, it is like absolutely a top three spot on the PGA tour for him. So yep. you got you to go back to him. Let's go now. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, a guy who kind of made a mess of the 72nd hole last week, but still ended up finishing in a three-way tie for second place. It is JT Poston. He comes in tonight as the 17th pre-ranked golfer, 603 on the fair value. That's asking him to finish 28th. But Joe, I'll tell you, he's steaming right now. I don't think you're going to get like a super great deal on JT Poston. He might have to finish inside the top 20. Yeah, he's steaming. And for that reason, I'm bearish on him. Um, 
there's a couple of things here. So first, you're going to, if you're looking into course history, I think you may not be looking at the total picture. He has a win here. That said, he's missed the cut half the times he's played here and has one top 20 finish. Uh, so he had that one great year. The other thing here, he's not accurate off the tee. He's in the bottom half of the field in terms of driving accuracy. And you can see week after week, he is bleeding strokes off the tee. So uh-huh. if you're bleeding strokes off the tee every week, and you're at a place where you're not hitting fairways, and it's very important at this golf course more than others, it's hard for me to believe you're going to be able to all of a sudden gain strokes off the tee. Now, he leans on his putter, which he is fantastic at, but we've seen sort of the percentages that I mentioned. You're going to hit 80% of your greens historically from the fairway and less than 50% from the rough. So if he's playing out of the rough, less birdie opportunities, less chance to lean on the putter. I think that that recent finish last week and a couple of re- like you can't deny the form six six and seven second in the last couple of events but i think that's just going to inflate his price point and i think maybe an artificial inflation on course history due to that one year with a win um, is going to get him too high and i'm bearish for that reason yeah i mean listen your argument was way better than mine was i i'm with you i think that you know when you look at when you just start looking at golfers who surpass their fair value, I start to get a little bit nervous, right? That fair value is a calculation based on X number of times they're going to finish in each one of these positions, their expected value in each one. And then you say, okay, well, because of that, their fair value is 605. To already be 50 cents over that with 26 minutes to go. And I know how popular JT Poston is going to be considering he's got four wins in a row and everybody talked about him last week, good, bad, or indifferent. He's top of mind. I just get into a scenario where he's going to end up being too expensive for me. Yep. He's going to get pushed hard. The next golfer uh, is actually one of my favorites. It's Brendan Todd, 24th in the pre-rank, 552. And that is going to ask him to finish about 31st or better. Joe, I'll just tell you, I ran a bunch of different models this week. And of course, they were mostly around driving accuracy. But I I think the one thing uh, even that I hadn't considered is how many birdies Brendan Todd makes. He's just actually a pretty big time birdie maker. And that's kind of what you're going to need. Drive it well, get hot with the putter. We saw him pop at TPC deer run a couple of weeks ago, runner up finish there. He has the ability to do that. I just think you can, you can feel comfortable with Brendan Todd five times a year. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, I, I, I'm i in full agreement with you there. I, I will say the one sort of disconcerting piece when you look at like his last 10 starts, if you pull it up, he's only actually returned you a profit in two of his last 10. That said, he's gained you an ROI of 11.7%, which is pretty unique. Now, that's due to obviously the second place a few weeks ago with the John Deere. But I think this is a similar setup in terms of what is rewarded from a course setup standpoint. Um, I expect him to play from the fairway. We know he's going to play from the fairway. So in turn, I expect him to probably finish pretty well. And if you can get him you know, around that 5 to $6 IPO mark, I think that he has a, a good ability to run and make you some money. This is a perfect example of that saying time in the market is better than timing the market. Because if you've tried to time the market uh, with Brendan Todd, you probably haven't done very well. But if you've been like in throughout, you're you're doing all right. 11% ROI over his last 10. Final golfer here is Adam Hadwin. Uh, I will just tell you, Joe, I, I think there's a lot of steam on this guy this week. I've heard his name kind of all over the place. I'm not sure I see it. Um, back-to-back missed cuts. 
I like when I think of Adam Hadwin, I think, okay, this guy's an absolute prolific putter, which was true once this year. Um, I mean, he's not a bad putter, but it's not like some of these guys that we see gaining three, four, five, six every single week. And he can really lose it in the ball striking category. So I'm, I don't think I'm nearly as excited about Adam Hadwin as, as most people are. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate to be on the same page on on all four guys, but I'm in total agreement there. I'm not in on Hadwin. I think if you look at like the last four starts, like you just had pulled up, it's pretty much striking the ball the same. Now, the difference between two missed cuts and a 59th and a second place finish in a playoff is due to gaining 10 strokes putting. That's a major red flag anytime that you ever see it when the data is right there in front of your eyes. He's lost you money in seven of the last 10. He's losing you money on an ROI basis over the last 10 starts as well. I'm, I'm definitely bearish on him. Considering like you, I've heard his name brought up multiple times, so I do think that there is going to be a public sentiment that is that is high on the guy this week. 8.50, nope, 8.37 p.m. Eastern time is what I have on my clock, which gives us about 23 minutes until this IPO closes. Power is the link in the description that you can use to get involved and let us go to the live pricing. And oh my goodness, he's done it again. Denny McCarthy, your boy, is boy. at the top of the market, $8.25 per share. That is asking Denny to finish 17th or better. He has already surpassed his fair value for this evening, which was about 50 cents ago. Joe, you are the Denny whisperer. What are you going to do here? It's a lot, man. We talked about it before it went hot because my buddies have known this for a long time and everyone's texted me like, Denny week, Denny week. And I'm like... Yeah, it's a it's a great fit for him, right? He's he's not that great off the tee, which is a little concerning, and he's not overly accurate. But um, his numbers on approach play. Now, I'm I'm gonna rule out the Open Championship because that's the very first time he's ever played links golf overseas. So if you rule that out, there was a consistency level from a ball striking standpoint um, that was his career best. We know that he's great with the putter. Even all the things that line up, like what were we saying? He's got like a five or a six percent chance to win this week. Like it's just very hard to win. He's never done it before. Am I going to pay the highest IPO on the board or maybe ever for Denny McCarthy this week? I, probably not. Yeah, like I agree that this is probably the best chance he's had to win. That chance is like yeah, like sub seven percent, which. Yeah is means it's much more likely that he doesn't win than he does win. Uh, you mentioned it. We probably are headed for an all time high tonight. Uh, $9.21 a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, 921 to John Deere Classic. We're already at 825. So I think we are going to get uh, an ATH on Denny. Siwoo Kim and Hideki Matsuyama are both 750. The difference here, Hideki has the number one pre-rank, so he breaks all ties. He's actually lost you money uh, in three of the last five markets, Joe. So Hideki and Siwoo, both pretty popular to start. Do you have a lean on either one of these guys? I think Hideki, it, all right, so it's interesting. It depends on risk for me. I think Hideki is the better player. I think that he's coming in with the better form. I think Siwoo has real win upside. Like I had him here a few years ago. He was so close until the end of that round. He loves it at this golf course. He's shown like throughout his career that he will show up to similar spots where he's had success and continue to sort of repeat that. What I'm encouraged by is 
The man's crushing it off the tee. He's not short by any means, but he's hitting nearly 72% of fairways, which is like, that's Russell Henley numbers. That's Ches Reavy numbers. That's like these guys that you expect week in and week out to be leaders, Brendan Todd, in terms of fairways hit. All of a sudden, we're getting that out of Siwoo Kim. Now, the putter has been really absolutely letting him down, but I have some confidence that maybe a return to a place where he's had success and seen some putts drop in the past um, would ultimately be a good thing for Siwoo. I do think that Hideki ultimately is going to end up the highest-priced golfer and creates a little bit of a point of separation there, which, depending on how big that gap is, um, I probably would lean Siwoo if he's cheaper. Well, you were talking about Russell Henley-esque numbers. Well, Russell Henley is right in the mix as well. $7.25 per share. He's already gone through his fair value for tonight. Kind of similar to the Denny McCarthy story, right? It's This is seemingly one of the best spots you can get for him on the PGA Tour. Are we just going to see a scenario in which there are eight guys between <laughs> $7.50 and $9, something like that? It kind of feels that way. That's that would sort of mirror a lot of the the you know DFS salaries and mirror the odds board pretty well. I don't really know what to do about Henley here. Um, the the statistics I feel like like in a way they're lying to me because my eyeballs don't feel like he's like playing that well and I'm seeing shots. I know that they're not. No shot at the data there, Rick. But uh, I just feel like he hasn't really he hasn't really been there but yet i look back and it's 14th it's 16th it's 19th he's making you money he's finishing well he's doing what he always does well and this is a spot that you know if if he should have ran away with a victory a few years ago by about seven strokes and ended up imploding on one of the all-time back nine uh implosions that i've ever seen but i don't know man i'm curious about henley like of those of those seven guys like who are you most out on of those seven like who do you feel the most confident isn't going to play well that's so who, a weird question. who are who are the seven Hide- uh denny siwu hideki russell henley jt post and sung jm yeah two. i like that list right there okay, so those six um i worry i think about sung jay just hmm. because he like i don't like it when golfers are not at least close to their baseline. I hate it. Even if their baseline is not as good, I would rather them be true to themselves. And I, I'm worried that Sung is kind of lost a little bit, right? I mean, he is historically a laser show off the tee. I, I mean, the guy is a ball striking maniac, except for the last two months. And the short game hasn't even been all that good. And the results aren't, there. I mean, this is, uh, I might've mentioned this earlier, just like it's the worst 10 starts of his career. Now it's a, that's a unbelievably high bar, right? I mean, his career, his career, his short career has been awesome, but to have five missed cuts in your last nine, your best finish was a T20 at the open. I'm not super inspired by that. Yeah. What is that? Three starts out of his last 10 where he's gaining one stroke or more ball striking. Like that's insane for a guy that would routinely put up plus six in the ball striking category, basically with his eyes closed. Um, so yeah, there's something going on with the irons. I don't know if it's, if it's confidence related, if it's swing related, but he just hasn't, 
we haven't really seen him. We haven't really seen him on TV. We haven't really seen him hitting good shots. We haven't really seen him, you know, sticking those irons to two feet like we were used to. He's actually not putting it horribly right now, but the parts of his game that he would rely on most have left him. And that is always a big red flag to me or you, especially when you're paying a premium price for a player. Yeah. So there's kind of like a big tier one, 1.5, and then you get everybody else. And this is where you're going to hear a lot of conversations on Alex Smalley, Eric Cole, Harris English, Cam Davis. We haven't even mentioned Sam Burns yet. Adam Shank, like these guys. And and this is where it's even more wide open, right? I mean, there's, uh, there's guys with deficiencies like Eric Cole, who is short and crooked off the tee, but the rest of his game is very solid. Like, is there anybody in this tier two to 2.5 that you're interested in? I kind of like Eric Cole, to be honest with you. I know that he he doesn't hit a ton of fairways, but he's just always there. And if you're asking him to top 30, like he had, it felt like he was on his way to a trunk slam at the 3M Open and a missed cut last week. And all of a sudden he fires five or six birdies on the back nine and he finishes T30. Um, the level of consistency is there. He's teeing it up every week. It just feels like he's like on one of those, now, he doesn't have quite the high finishes, but like those Sung JM-esque runs where he just plays every week and he's always right around that 20th to 30th place position. Um, I don't know that he has the upside that I would say of potential win of someone like a Cam Davis or an Adam Scott or even a Sam Burns. But I think from a jock market perspective, depending on his price point, I think he's going to have a pretty fair break even for how, you know, in relation to field strength. Are we sleeping on Sam Burns? $5.25 per share right now. It's uh, fair value, six seventy four. There is a world in which Sam Burns is just the best player in this field. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, what's it? What, four or five wins in the last two and a half years? Like, yeah, I mean, more than like the top six guys that we mentioned combined, probably. Probably is. I mean, he won the match play five months ago, had a pretty good stretch of golf there it's not like he's been bad i mean he finished 19th at the scottish open he missed the cut at the open which i don't really care about and he f- had a t32 at the uso like uh, i think sam burns might just win this yeah uh he definitely seems like we are definitely 100 percent sleeping on him and could be the value play of someone that has has you know great upside what is it a t13 in 2020 so you yeah. know did everything well Gained across the board. Love to yeah. see it. Uh, down here, you know, kind of sub $4 or sub $5. I've been tracking Doug Gim uh, recently, and it's been it's been yeah. generally uh, quite profitable. So everything besides the Scottish Open, dating back to the Wells Fargo, he's returned to a profit. Now, he's nearly doubled his fair value for tonight, and he has a really crappy pre-rank, which which stinks. It's, it's 88th, but that's kind of a guy... I've planted my flag on a little bit. Is there anybody down here, Joe, that you've clicked the favorites button on and you're going to be uh, throwing some bids in here in the next couple minutes? Yeah, Gim is one of them. Svensson's another one for me. I, I do love the course fit for him. I think that um, he had a lull with his iron play that I've seen progression there and i've seen him sort of get back to some of the um you know he's great with a pitching wedge to a seven iron in his hands a back to back to back top 40 finishes now nothing fantastic in there but he's returned you a profit in two of the last three and i think that this is a good course fit i like him on shorter golf courses um if you you know if he starts to creep up in the mid fives i'll probably pass but if he's right around this four fifty to five dollar range, I think that he's he's one of the guys I'm going to be interested in buying. 
even lower, Nick Hardy, Garrick Higo, Justin Thomas, $3.15. The 13th pre-ranked golfer is half of his own fair value. He's obviously going to go up from here, but let's like his. So right now, 315 would be finishing 50th or better. Double it. His fair value is like six something, 650. That's 25th or better. He needs at least an 18th to make the playoffs. Maybe a little bit of help. Do does does that mean we go up to five dollars, you know, or up to eight dollars on him? That would be 18th. No. Way too much, right? It's too much, yeah. Um, I I don't really know what else to say about JT at this point. We've all kind of theorized what's happening. Visually, like it's interesting because with Ricky and Spieth, who he's getting compared to with their big fall-offs, there was something like Visually, you could see in their golf swing and people who are much better at figuring out the technicalities of a golf swing could easily tell something was off with Spieth's like swing path and Ricky's swing all of a sudden got out of whack. Visually, to me, he looks the same. He's telling he's saying the right things and trying to speak it into existence that it's close. Yeah, I don't know that I believe him because he said it for a few weeks now. I worry about it. There are a lot. There's a lot of pressure on him this week. And we talked about like finishing 18th or better. He knows that he needs that. There's obviously the Ryder Cup pressure. Um, I don't love it, but there's there's a price. I mean, in the mid four dollar range, I I would be interested at that point just in in betting on the guts of someone like Justin Thomas. The uh yeah he's he's he said he's he said he's closed for 40 straight weeks i think um i am going to i'll put my money where my mouth is a little bit of it so so justin Tom, i want i'll do like 34th or better that is five bucks i don't i don't think i'll get him here but oh he's already at five bucks all right i'll go what what would what would 580 be that's 29th I'll do that. Okay. We'll see if anybody wants to. I respect it. I just, I'm, I'm nervous about this. I'm nervous about this. It's just, he's the best player in the field by far. He's the best player. Like the the last three years, he's the best player. He's a major champion. Um, He is the, Six months ago, he was the captain of our U.S. Ryder Cup team. He's the definitive leader of the United States golf for the foreseeable future. Six months ago, he'd be five to one in this field. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. I know. Second page, Penny Stocks. Um, Cam Champ uh, is on site, is played in the Pro-Am, was the late WD that got everybody all hot and bothered in you know DFS sites. Uh, he's two dollars and twenty eight cents at the moment. I'm not as excited about the second page uh, as I have been in other tournaments, just with kind of the way the top of the board is and the way the middle of it is. But is there anybody here that stands out to you that you think might be worth a click or two? Champ's interesting one. Um, you kind of shout out to you for being hot on the beat last week during the show who kind of tipped everyone off in here to him not being on site. But uh, you mentioned Duff Daddy's 228. I like Sam Bennett this week. He's a player that is very accurate. I just think that I don't know why I feel like he's very underrated, man. And 
I don't understand it. I maybe people don't like him, and I kind of get the reasons why. And he's missed a lot of cuts. But if there was another player, if Ludwig won the USAM and was in the round at the Masters with Rahm and Brooks and played with Scotty at the U.S. Open, like he's done a lot of things this year that the majority of rookies or amateurs coming into the P. He had the best round ever for an amateur at Augusta National four months ago. Like he's got a very high end upside and he's a very accurate player. He's 225. Um, I kind of like Wesley Bryan as a flyer. He's gotten in a couple Monday cues now. And that's a sign to me that like there's a willingness to go out there and get it. He almost qualified for the um, U.S. Open at the at one of the toughest qualifiers down here in Florida, down the street from me. He went into a playoff for that. So he's playing actually really good golf. And I, I, I just think this is a good place for someone like him. The other one is I may need to refresh here, but Batia's is $2. And like he's got a lot of incentive this week as well to play very well coming off a win in his last event and a ninth before that at the Barbasol. Interesting one that I'm going to keep an eye on that, that ninth first that has flown so far under the radar because they were both opposite field events. And then we started talking about everything else. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, actually, that he went mm-hmm. that he did that in the in the alternate swing. Um, the the Duffner stuff. So I, somebody asked about him and I was like, I, Duffner could not be relevant. He's going T31, T24, T20 his last. Wow. Time, which is like shocking. And uh, he's gained strokes putting in each. I don't know, man. This is like I, I have not thought about Jason Duffner in 10 years, but I thought about him today. So that's kind of a not many major champions in the field. He's one of them. That's right. That's right. He's major champion. Can't take that away from him. All right, Joe, go do your thing. We'll check in with you here in a couple minutes and uh, see what portfolio you got. Good luck. All right. Good luck, guys. All right. Joe's going to go make his bids. He's going to see if he can put together a portfolio that rivals the top of the leaderboard this week. If you want to get involved, uh, there's still six minutes to get into this IPO. Code you're looking for power. Link in the description. If you miss on that, live trading is going to start uh, right away. So we'll be live. You can short, you can bit, you can do anything you want. It'll be live and through Sunday. Um, I'll take you the rest of the way here in terms of the live pricing. As Joe predicted, Hideki Matsuyama now at the top of the board, $8.35 per share. That's going to ask Hideki to finish 16th or better. 16th or better for Hideki Matsuyama at this price. He is the number one pre-ranked golfer. So he will break every single tie. Uh, we saw it last week, that three-way tie for second. Pre-ranked matters. Denny McCarthy, Uh, we are not quite there yet. And in fact, we haven't really moved off this $8.25 price for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Still short of his all-time high, but is the second most expensive golfer in the market right now. Russell Henley, the only other golfer over $8. He's at $8.05. That would ask Russell to finish 18th or better. 18th or better for Henley. Uh, something that he's done one, two, three, three of his last six and one was a 19. So I think I can give him that one as well. Uh, a little bit of a concern on Sung Jay, at least from the public right now. He's not touched his fair value yet, although he's getting close. Siwoo Kim has surpassed his obviously past champion, great course history around this place, but has been a loser in three straight cash markets, but always with that big spiky upside in triple digits, which you can see on the right-hand side of the screen. Haven't talked about Shane Lowry at any point. A very generous fourth pre-rank. Similar, a very generous pre-rank for Adam Scott. 
third. So there is some level of value in those numbers as you get towards the top of the board. Lowry at six ninety nine, Adam Scott at six bucks. To put that into perspective, what does it mean? Six place is, or six dollars is twenty eighth or better. Alex Smalley is ahead of Lucas Glover right now, 575 to 566. Both of those guys came in with the same fair value for this evening, but uh, they're pretty close in the IPO market as well. Uh, There was a run here. Akshay got up to 465, so still about $1.20 short of his fair value. 465 is going to ask him to finish about 36th or better. Let me see if I can refresh this board. We've got about three or four minutes to go. The bids are flying in. Let's see what I still have available. Well, I've got two holdings left. Those probably won't be there much longer. Uh, here we go. Hideki, Denny, Russell, Henley, and now Siwoo over eight bucks per share. Have we seen anybody? Oh, there's a big jump for Aaron Rye, $6.38. He's now a buck over his fair value. Comes in with a 25th pre-rank. He has turned you a profit in four of the last five cash markets. The only one he disappointed, actually, plays he's won before Scottish Open. Otherwise, he's been pretty darn splendid. A lot of questions around Ludwig Aberg. Good course for him, bad course for him. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. First time he has uh, teed it up around here, $5.70 right now, a dollar. 50 short of his fair value. 570 is 30th. 30th or better is outright number. Obviously, much shorter than that. Can we see some steam on someone like Ben Griffin? He's been gaining strokes on approach routinely. He's been trying to turn you a profit. He's done it successfully in three of his last four starts. The only place he lost you was the Open Championship. $4.23. That is asking him to finish 40th or better. 40th. For Ben Griffin, can he do it? Real quick look at that second page. What do we have? Sam Ryder trying to make a charge, $3.16 right now. Ben Martin, the other Ben, $2.92. There's Sam Bennett, $2.95 per share, nearly doubling his fair value, but still not much of a huge risk for him if you want to be a buyer there. Wesley Bryant, $1.75. So uh, not a ton of downside on Wes at a short positional golf course, the places, uh, one of the places that he's had the most success, that type of golf course, not necessarily here at Sedgefield. 858, you got about a minute or two to go. We are seeing a fairly mature market at the moment. I think some of the bigger surprises are maybe Aaron Rye, just based on his fair value, 25th in the pre-rank and ninth in this market. If you're looking to get a top 10 golfer, Adam Scott lagging significantly behind six bucks per share right now. He was in that huge playoff here a couple of years ago with six or seven golfers, uh, six bucks per share right now. That's 28th or better for Adam Scott. The other cheap top 10 golfer you can get Justin. So five sixteen. that's only asking him to finish boy, about 33rd or better. It is uh wild stuff right now. I'm going to try It's over. Shut it down. I was going to try to steal one more refresh. And I didn't get to do it. I was going for a final guy there and got the notification that the order failed. The markets have officially closed. Markets are closed. We're going to give it a second so I can get the final numbers coming in here so we can see Joe's final portfolio. Do you have your... okay? 
I've got the numbers. If you have your guys, let's hear them. Yep. Uh, Shane Lowry, $7.09 is my highest price player of the week. Um, in the $5 range, I have a, a couple guys here. Cameron Davis, Mark Hubbard, who we spoke about. Brendan Todd, who we spoke about. In the $4 range, Adam Svensson and Doug Gim. Two ninety five. I went Sam Bennett and one eighty three. Wesley Bryan. We pretty much covered all of those guys, but those are my eight. I was going for shares of Alex Noren. Alex Noren, excuse me. Um, late there, which just got just got uh, you know the time ran out of me. Shane Lowry, Cam Davis, Mark Hubbard, Adam Svensson, Doug Gim, Sam Bennett, Wesley Bryan is Joe's portfolio. I see. JG Funk got Lowry as well, got Spenson as well, got Gim as well. So some good crossovers there. He adds Burns and Putnam and Cole and Hoygard and a handful of others. Let's see a little Lowry love out here. Jack got Lowry, Adam. I'm assuming that's Adam Scott, Jaeger, Justin, so Ryan Gerard and Wesley Bryan. So a little bit of a crossover there. And then Brett got Hubs, Shank, Andrew Novak, Peter Quest, and Doug Gim. Who did I get? Anybody? Oh, okay. I got Justin Suh at 5.30 and Mark Hubbard at 5.25. Hubbard, we spoke about him. Yep. No Justin Thomas. He got he, he cleared the mark. I must have lost it. Yeah. So uh, he went for 6.05, which okay. is 28th. 28th or better for JT. This is one spot away. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, you know, disparage anybody for making that play at 28th or better at the Wyndham, but um, it'll be an interesting one. Monitor it closely. It, it is sickly somehow in a sick way. The jock market is probably the place I would, the only place I would be interested in Justin Thomas. Yeah, probably the biggest storyline of the week. He obviously um, has some a lot to play for. He's got very close ties to this event. This is where he made his PGA Tour debut. Um, interested to sort of see what happens. But I gotta say, I'm ha- I'm kind of happy that I don't have any money on it. I could just watch from afar to yeah. to see how he's able to do. <laughs> yeah, I put in like a bid that was never gonna win, and I was like, "All right, well, I tried, I tried." <laughs> you know, you, you know me. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama correctly predicted by you the most expensive golfer, eight forty eight. That might be the lowest, most expensive golfer we've seen in a while. I think so, man. Not even eight fifty. What did we get? We had a couple of Cam Young last week, I think was around like 885 or 880. Um, so yeah, sub, you know, sub eight dollars and fifty cents, definitely the lowest yeah. that we've seen in a while. Eight eight ninety last week. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. Uh then you get Denny, 20 cents behind, Russell Henley right there, 820, Siwoo, 810, Sung Jay, Lowry. I think this is, I think Burns is crip. I like, let me go get some Burns shares. I think that's pretty criminal that he yeah, went it, from an upside standpoint. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Sung Jay, if you look at, I agree with you that the form isn't there and is concerning, but if you look in comparison to like where he's at in other fantasy markets and stuff like that, he, as the fifth guy down the board, seems to be a pretty fair price. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Glover coming off the miscut. Six bucks per share. He got well over his fair value, so that that did not scare anybody away. What's the deal with Adam Scott? What's the deal? We haven't really. We didn't spend any oxygen on him. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody got excited about him. He was a dollar ninety short of his fair value. He's the third pre rank. He's played okay here. What what happened? 
Yeah, I don't know. He's played okay here, and he's really actually shown some some spikes recently of like has an ability to have make a lot of birdies. He's just having like a couple of holes that are getting him out of tournaments, like the Open Championship. He was lingering for a while. The Travelers, he was lingering. Memorial, he played pretty well. He basically in that playoff um, a few years ago had like a four foot putt yes. to win this event. Yes. Um, so yeah, it just. It's strange because he's so long off the tee. Like he is as long as Cameron Young. Like even at his age right now, he may be the one of the longest players in the entire field. So it's not the typical skill set that you'd be looking for at a Wyndham Championship. But obviously, has proven it here in the past. He spoke pretty glowingly about the golf course and how that it's one of his favorite setups on tour. So um, definitely a good price on him if you want to take that stand. Akshay got to exactly $5. That's 34th or better. Late run on him. Trying to just see if there's anybody else that we talked about that is worth pointing out. I'm just scanning. It kind of interesting, you know, price on Ludwig, who went significantly below the last four events. Same thing like with Adam Scott, not a place that you would say is a great course fit for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last four events, he's been between six Ugh. and seven seventy five, you know, and all of a sudden you look at five seventy five this week, which opens up a lot more spots in terms of in terms of a payout basically has to finish in the top 30. So it seems to be people have cooled a little bit on Aberg, but may have more to do with the course setup than than necessarily the form. Isn't it amazing how quickly we rotate through these guys, especially the rookies, man, they get the shine early. And then it's just, it's, it's very hard. We've seen it with Cameron young, like no matter how touted you are, there are going to be a lot of struggles jumping into the life of a PGA tour player. It's very different for them. I mean, I hope, I hope Ludwig plays well because he's already been anointed the Ryder cup team. He's already been uh, you know, <laughs> we've given him 10 wins. I think already, yep. um, yeah, it's just amazing, man. We rotate through these guys so quickly, and it's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Any anything else? I mean, listen, li- the the live market's open. Go get involved. Wyndham Championship. Um, it's going to be bright and early because it's on the you know on the East Coast, and then next week we're going to have to talk about smaller fields and you know how that impacts things, and probably a different little payout structure. So we're we're in it. We're sprinting to the finish line. Absolutely excited for it. You mentioned it. Some of the smaller field stuff really gets interesting in the jock market. Eventually, the payouts shift a little bit. There's less players because I get how it can, you know, it's, 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 if you're doing other sports and then all of a sudden you get in here and there's 150 guys, it can be a lot. So we shrink the field a little bit. We adjust the payouts. It's a little bit easier to track the players' movements, uh, especially during the IPO hour. But I'm excited to sort of finish off this playoff stretch here and what has been certainly the most interesting PGA Tour season that I can remember from stuff going on outside of the golf course. But it's been a great one to cover for Jock Market, and we'll see you next week. It's Wednesday. The most interesting season so far. Yeah. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. Uh, (laughs) Go sign up for Jock Market. The code you want is power. That's the deposit bonus. Follow Joe on Twitter. It's at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. Same time, same place next week. See ya.